Manya Nation, let's ride. But Don Nealon's Mountaineers enjoy walking in where angels fear to tread. Harris in trouble, stiff arms, the would-be tackler comes out of the 25 to 20, goes around about it to 15 to 10 to 5, a touchdown with Virginia, he did it! to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. And now, the show brought to you by Mountaineer fans, for Mountaineer fans, the Country Road Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into Season 5, Episode 158 of the CRW Podcast, which we've titled Coaching Changes, Transfers, and Marching Bands. And we're going to cover all three of those topics and a variety of others in a little bit of an off-season extravaganza episode, I guess you could call it here. We're going to fold even a little bit of CRW Hoops content into the CRW proper side here, as there has been basketball news aplenty. I'm sure you all through Mountaineer Nation are well familiar with what's going on on that side of things so we're going to discuss the coaching change that has occurred for West Virginia men's basketball as well as some of the roster complications that the Mountaineers now face because of that and that means transfers out but also maybe some good news on some of those transfers we'll talk a little bit about that as well before our main segment here in season five episode 158 we've got a real treat for you as one of our hosts here on the Country Roads webcast, Big Bubba Brad, you guys know him well, got a chance to sit down with members of the WVU Alumni Band Association. And it was a really interesting conversation that I think all of Mountaineer Nation should hear and needs to hear. And also a great opportunity for us throughout Mountaineer Nation to show our support for both the alumni band and the pride of West Virginia as well. So stay tuned for that segment and you'll learn more about how you can do that. And that, of course, is the marching bands part of our title here on Season 5, Episode 158. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy that coming up later in the show. So structured a little bit differently here on this episode. I'm just going to run through the Mountaineer news topics to kick us off, and then we'll get into Bradley's conversation with the alumni band members there and really some good stuff there in regards to what they have going on in the future. They're going to be at the TBT cheering on Best Virginia, among a lot of other cool things. So I'm excited for you guys to hear that, and we will touch on that throughout here. But before we get into any of that, of course, I want to encourage you guys, please, if you're watching this on YouTube on the video side, drop a like on the video, give it a thumbs up. It helps. And that's whether you're tuned in on our channel or over on the WV Sports Now channel, as you can find the Country Roads webcast over on WVSportsNow.com, where you'll find all kinds of great West Virginia content. And I hope you guys were following along here through this tumultuous week of West Virginia basketball there, because WVSN certainly did a great job of covering that. And we are proud and honored to be a member of the Sports Now family of networks. But be sure hit the like button on the video side and also subscribe if you're a West Virginia fan and you haven't already. Helps us and it helps you as it helps get more of this Mountaineer sports content out to Mountaineer Nation. And for those of you tuned in on the audio side, we really appreciate you guys. Of course, as always, one of the best ways to support us there is to just share us around with other Mountaineer fans you may know. But if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a rating. That will really help. But you can find us on any podcast platform you like, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitch. Your Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Amazon Music, you name it. Just search for the Country Roads webcast. But we appreciate you, whether you're a viewer or a listener of Season 5, Episode 158 here, Coaching Changes, Transfers, and Marching Bands. And I think it's going to be a really fun one. So without any further ado, let's kick it off here with Mountaineer News. <laughs> All 
All right, so leading it off here with Mountaineer news, obviously I'm going to start with basketball. That's the big news, of course, that has occurred since the last time we had a chance to drop a full-length podcast episode, although we have been updating it in video form over on the Country Roads webcast YouTube channel and in live streams as well. So hopefully you've been tuning into that in the meantime. But of course, unless you've been living under a rock, I'm sure you know what has transpired at West Virginia over the past week. Bob Huggins resigning from the program, West Virginia going out on a coaching search, which ultimately finds them right back at home, promoting one of their own in Josh Eilert to be interim coach just for this year. And he was actually introduced in a press conference today, the day that I'm recording this podcast. So if you haven't got a chance to check that out, I'm sure you can find that on WVSportsNow.com as well. They do a great job keeping up with the press conferences. So head over there if you want to watch Josh Eilert's initial press conference, but do have some details on his status as coach that were shared following that press conference. And one of those, of course, people have had questions about was the contract details, as of course we know it's going to be a nice bump in pay for Josh Eilert. And according to WVSportsNow.com's Ethan Bach here, Josh Eilert's new contract per Ren Baker today will be a 10-month deal for $1.5 million. So nice little pump and pay grade there for Josh Eilert to lead this program for the next 10 months when West Virginia will then look to see who will lead the program going on in the future. I'm sure Eilert will be a candidate there, but they're going to continue a national search at a better time. We know it was a little bit too late in the game now for West Virginia to be able to pull in an external candidate whether they wanted to or not. But in the end, West Virginia ends up promoting from within Josh Eilert, now the new head coach of West Virginia basketball, as I'm sure you all well know by now. But having said that, Throughout that tumultuous time, moving on from Bob Huggins and looking for the new candidate, we did suffer some transfer losses away from the program, unfortunately, and we have mixed results on how those have turned out for West Virginia. Let's start with the more negative side of the coin, unfortunately, as this came out today. I think this was kind of expected by a lot of people. This is one not many people had thought would return of the players that could potentially return that were in the transfer portal leaving West Virginia, and that, unfortunately, is Trey Mitchell. Mitchell, as you see here today, announced in a Twitter message that he would be leaving West Virginia, indeed, not returning as he has committed to Kentucky. We knew he was visiting this past weekend and in short order will be playing for the Wildcats. So yet again, unfortunately, Coach Cal and the Wildcats poach another one of West Virginia's big men. We saw them do it with Oscar Sheepway a couple years ago. Now Trey Mitchell will finish his collegiate career at Kentucky as well. However, it wasn't all negative news for West Virginia on the transfer side as far as guys that chose to go in there when this coaching change was occurring. But there are some that are still undecided and some that have entered since then as well. So just to update on those, Joe Toussaint, still in the portal, has told CBS John Rothstein that he would strongly consider returning to West Virginia, but he has a vast contact list, well over 15 programs, some of which are within the Big 12. I believe he has a visit coming up to Kansas State. We saw what they did with kind of a smaller guard, similar to Joe's frame in Marquise Noel last year on their great run throughout the NCAA tournament and throughout the college basketball season. So I'm sure that's going to entice Joe Toussaint. So we got to hope that West Virginia is able to lure him back still yet. He's still undecided at the time of this recording, but also just recently ahead of when I recorded this, West Virginia lost two more big men to the transfer portal. Interestingly enough, both of these guys probably would have been lined up for some extended playing time following the loss of Trey Mitchell, both of which have stated they are open to returning to West Virginia in their statements as well, but both Mo Wagee and James Aconquo, who you guys know here on the podcast, the CRW Hoop side, I love to refer to as Oblockwo, have unfortunately decided to enter their names into the transfer portal as well. So Trey Mitchell officially leaving and not returning. We've got Joe Toussaint, Mo Wagee, and James Aconquo in the portal, still undecided on their future. And we also did have another Mountaineer guard enter the portal during this tumultuous time for West Virginia. However, we received a lot brighter news in terms of Kerr Creesa, a point guard we're all excited about joining the Mountaineers this season after he's led the Pac-12 and assists each of the past two seasons. And having a true point guard, something we've all been wanting throughout Mountaineer Nation when it comes to this basketball club. So when he entered the portal, we were all kind of upset. But following the promotion of Josh Eilert, it took only another day for Kerr Creesa to announce on his Twitter, as you see here, 
this graphic with a picture of him and Josh either together on his social media there with a nice message that I'll read here to you guys. He says, the support and love that the Mountaineer fan base has showed me in this team in two months is unmatched. I feel so lucky to call Morgantown home. Two years ago, I put my faith in an assistant coach, and we won 61 games together. Now I'm putting my faith back in a coach that put his faith in me. This staff and team are about to do something very special, and I'm so glad to be a part of it. And in closing, he says, this one is for hugs. So the assistant coach he's referring to is Tommy Lloyd, who took over at Arizona, and he hadn't had any head coaching experience either. Kind of similar to how Josh Eilert's going to be for West Virginia this year, and Tommy Lloyd's been very successful there at Arizona. So hopefully history repeats itself with Kirk Reese here at West Virginia. But I think I really love the combination of him and Jesse Edwards together. Kirk Reese, a great passer, can throw alley-oops, and we know Jesse Edwards can go get him and is going to be a dominant force in the paint for West Virginia, both offensively and defensively how the rest of the basketball roster shapes up is yet to be seen it's going to be a very fluid situation as these players still have 20 plus days left to enter the transfer portal if they choose to do so any of the other players on the West Virginia roster following that uh, coaching change they have that luxury to enter the portal and as Kirk Creasa did they could return to West Virginia but they also can you know get recruited by other teams take visits and see what offers are out there and unfortunately it appears some of these Mountaineers are going to do that so we'll just continue to report on this basketball roster as this offseason progresses you can find updates on the Country Roads webcast YouTube channel or if you only tune into these long form podcast episodes we'll continue to update it here in the Mountaineer news segment but that's pretty much all I got basketball wise guys we got Josh Eiler taking over for an interim season. We're going to see how that goes. I'm cheering for him, just as all of you all are. Throughout Mountaineer Nation, unfortunate and unforeseen circumstances we didn't see coming just a couple of weeks ago when we were flying high with one of the nation's top transfer portal classes and a Hall of Fame coach that we were looking to send out the right way. Unfortunately, it doesn't end that way for that Hall of Fame coach, and we're now shifting our focus to Josh Eiler to coach with no head coaching experience, but that has been around the Mountaineer program for 15 plus years now, very familiar face and knows everything, the ins and outs within the program. So I'm confident that he has the capability to be able to get this done and certainly has the knowledge learning under some great coaches, including of course the aforementioned Bob Huggins. So I think West Virginia could still have a successful season. Just got to hope that the roster pans out in the right way. And West Virginia is able to both lure back some of these transfers that have entered the portal and then also go out and get some targets from the portal that are left over here to try and fulfill this roster for this upcoming season, which we're going to be keeping an eye on how it shapes up here on the Country Roads webcast. But having said that, let's touch on a couple Mountaineer football topics here, Mountaineer news-wise, before we get into our main segment where Bradley sits down and has an excellent conversation with the WVU Alumni Band Association. All right, so football news here in the Mountaineer News segment of Season 5, Episode 158 here of the Country Roads webcast. Not a whole lot going on football-wise, except for 2024 recruiting. I'll touch on that momentarily, but of course, throughout the offseason, you get the preseason magazines coming out. West Virginia has been featured in both Athlon Sports and Phil Steele's preseason magazines, and a player that's been heavily featured there has been Zach Frazier, earning first-team All-American status in Athlon Sports as well as, of course, appearing on the first-team All-Big 12 team there in the Athlon Sports side of things. And then flipping over to Phil Steele, he's a first-team All-Big 12-er there as well and has been receiving a ton of praise throughout this offseason, and rightfully so. And PFF has been doing a great job featuring some of the top returning players at each position on graphics, doing it within conference and doing it nationally. And Zach Frazier is a guy that, of course, is making waves in both of those categories in conference and nationally take a look at this Zach Frazier West Virginia's own is rated as the second highest rated center returning in college football this season with an 80.8 grade according to PFF so just goes to show this coaching staff is not doing any coach speak when they're singing the praises of Zach Frazier. He's in for a big year, and I think this offensive line itself could be in for a very good year overall, really, because West Virginia has a lot of talent up there in addition to Zach Frazier. 
And I think one great example of that comes from PFF yet again right here as they list the highest-graded returning Big 12 offensive lineman. Obviously, Zach Frazier, number two in the country, is number one in the Big 12. But there's another familiar face on that list, as you see Wyatt Milam down there with the 74.8 grade, making the top 10 returning offensive lineman, according to PFF, in the Big 12 conference. So West Virginia with two of the top 10, and that's not even including Doug Nestor, who was just outside of that top 10. So three of West Virginia's starting five offensive linemen really looking great heading into this season. And interestingly enough, all three of those are West Virginia natives. So that's got to make Mountaineer Nation proud and excited. I'm really excited to see what this offensive line can do. I think it has the potential to be the best offensive line at West Virginia since probably 2016, in my opinion. And I'm excited to see how it turns out. I think this offense could surprise some people. And this offensive line is going to be a big reason why. But then you got to look to the other side of the football as well. We know the defense needs to improve for West Virginia, right? And I think there's a player that's ready and primed for an absolute breakout year, not only within the conference, but I think nationally as well. And to me, that player is none other than free safety Aubrey Burks. As you see, the second highest graded power five returning safety in the country, according to PFF there with an 84.9 grade. Really great stuff there from Aubrey Burks, who quietly had an awesome season last year. I've been singing his praises throughout this offseason. The highest graded returning safety in the Big 12 Conference, who finished last season as one of the highest graded in all of Power 5, as you see here, detailed by this graphic, and we know that the West Virginia secondary needs to improve. I think Aubrey Burks is going to go a long way in helping to do that. And then West Virginia, I think, has a great player at each level of that defense. They have Aubrey Burks in the back end. I think at the linebacker position, Lee Cobe is going to be a superstar. And then among the defensive line, I think Sean Martin's primed for a breakout year as well. So I think West Virginia has a guy with superstar potential at each level of the defense that should really help that defense improve by also providing leadership to go along with those skills. And Aubrey Burks is going to be a big reason why the West Virginia defense does improve this season, I feel. And then one thing that you have to look at, though, with that defense, you know, we're talking about the secondary when we're talking about Aubrey Burks, and that's where the defense, unfortunately, left a lot to be desired for West Virginia last season. So, one of the reasons that happened was cornerback play was unfortunately kind of downright abysmal at times for the Mountaineers, and they really need to improve that for this upcoming season. And I think they've taken some great steps to do that throughout this offseason with transfers that they've brought in. They've brought in a lot of good guys to compete at that cornerback position to go with some of the young talent they have returning there and guys like Andrew Wilson-Lamp and Jacoby Spells. And then you have a veteran Malachi Ruffin as well. But I think guys like Beanie Bishop coming in from Minnesota is going to factor in there, has a great chance to be a nickel corner, kind of a starting slot corner for West Virginia. But on the outside, there's a guy coming from Kent State that I've been raving about throughout the offseason if you've been following us here on the Country Roads webcast, and that's Montre Miller, really highly regarded even by PFF, as you see here, a top five returning corner in the Big 12 by grade here with this 76.2 defensive grade he earned last season. And that just goes to show the things I've been saying about how he's matched up with Power 5 competition in the past are indeed true. That stat still blows my mind. Over 800 snaps at the collegiate level, never committed a pass interference penalty. Super excited for Montre Miller. So there's some bright spots. I know there's been a lot of negativity facing this West Virginia football team this offseason. You've heard it from the outside, but hopefully that's just building chips on the shoulder of this team and of these players, and it's going to be used as bulletin board material to really boost them and buoy them to a strong and successful season. And I think West Virginia really has some talented pieces that can help them do that. And speaking of talented pieces, you have to continue to add those if you want to continue to build the future of West Virginia football. And you do that through recruiting, right? And West Virginia has been on an absolute recruiting tear over the past couple of weeks here throughout the offseason as this 2024 class has absolutely skyrocketed in both quantity and in quality, if you're asking me. I'll show you guys some of these names here if you're watching on the video side. And if you're tuned in on the audio side, I will read them off to you. But if you've been following along, I've been updating this in videos as each commit has come in individually on the Country Roads webcast YouTube side. But wanted to update it here on Season 5, Episode 158 as well. As you see now, 14 verbal commitments for West Virginia in the 2024 class. The most recent one actually being 
a quarterback. Yes, West Virginia has a quarterback in this 2024 class, and his name is Khalil Wilkins, a six foot four, 190 pound quarterback from the state of Maryland, where he is a top 25 player within the state of Maryland. There, West Virginia has three players committed from the state of Maryland, as you see here if you're watching this visually. But I'm just going to run down the names of West Virginia's 14 commits for those that aren't tuned in on the video side, so you guys can know who West Virginia has signed on to this 2024 class here as we get set to close out Mountaineer News with just a little recruiting recap here. But the 2024 verbal commitments for West Virginia thus far, defensive lineman Wink James, three-star recruit there from New Jersey, wide receiver Keyshawn Robinson, a three-star wide receiver, one of the top recruits in the state of West Virginia, a three-star tight end in Jack Samarco out of the state of Ohio, a four-star defensive lineman Obina Anwuka out of Maryland, a three-star offensive lineman in Kyle Altooner, also out of Maryland. A three-star defensive lineman, Elijah Kinsler, out of New Jersey. A defensive back in K.J. Flo, out of the state of North Carolina. A four-star wide receiver in Brandon Raymond, out of St. Joe's Prep in Pennsylvania. A three-star athlete in Zay Jennings, out of Ohio. A three-star defensive back in Israel Boyce, out of Georgia. A three-star athlete out of the state of Florida, Chris Henry. No relation, and no, that's not Chris Henry Jr. He's still coming up later on in later years of Mountaineer recruiting. I believe he's in the 2026 class. And then you get a defensive back in Romanus O.J. Frederick from the state of Florida. And then a three-star linebacker, Ricky Williams from the state of Ohio. Also no relation, and not that Ricky Williams. But then West Virginia, of course, as I mentioned briefly earlier, most recently, at the time of this recording, has announced Khalil Wilkins as the 14th commit there, coming as a quarterback from the state of Maryland. But I have heard that there are a couple other silent commits that have not been announced yet. So, as always, stay tuned to the Country Roads Webcast YouTube channel for updates on those when those commits go public. And then, of course, in future episodes of the podcast, we'll update this again in our Mountaineer News segment as we continue to build this 2024 class as time progresses. So there you have it, Mountaineer Nation. Some off season news and notes covering both West Virginia basketball, which certainly needed an update. There's a ton of news going on there on the basketball side, and that situation, as I said, is completely fluid, and we'll continue to try and update it here on the Country Roads webcast, but also providing some football updates there and some recruiting updates. Hope you guys enjoyed that here for the Mountaineer News segment. To kick off episode 158 here of season five of the CRW podcast, but now that we got the Mountaineer News segment out of the way, we can get into our main segment here start talking about those marching bands and get to the real juicy and fun stuff really excited for you all to hear this conversation that the great Big Bubba Brad get to have with these members of the WVU Alumni Band Association. And real quick, I'm going to flash the website on the screen for you guys that are watching this visually. You'll hear it detailed more here in the segment with Bradley. But for those of you that are tuned in on the audio side, it's WVUAlumniBand.org. And we really encourage you, please visit that website. Donate if you can. Not only does the alumni band need our assistance, but the pride of West Virginia does as well. And we really want to get the word out of how people throughout Mount near nation can support the WVU alumni band and all the great things that they do so we are so glad that they reached out and got in touch with us so we could feature them here on episode 158 of the podcast I'll detail it in the show notes for you guys on the audio side and it'll be in the video description as well links to get right to the alumni band page to get any more information on any of the things they talk about here in this excellent piece. So having said that, I'll quit rambling on and let you guys enjoy it. Here is our main segment on Season 5, Episode 158 of the CRW Podcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Big Bubba Brad back here with the Country Roads webcast with a special edition today. I got some special guests on that reached out and wanted to do a little bit of promoting for their organization and what they've got going on. And we were very excited and very lucky to have them on. And so I'm going to bring in my two guests that I've got going on. So first, I've got Angelia and yeah. Sarah. Hello, welcome, yeah. ladies. So these two ladies are from the West Virginia Alumni Band Association, correct? It was the group that you guys work with. Absolutely. So why don't you guys just go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit? Um, I'm Angelia, and I'm the fundraiser and um, events chairperson, uh, the past vice president. And um, I've been a member of the WVU Alumni Band Board for probably going on 11 years. And this year, we've decided to change some things up. 
Yeah, absolutely. Hi, I'm Sarah. I've uh, been with the alumni band since 1995. I think it was the first year I was a member. Um, I currently uh, work with membership, communications, and the website. So touching on quite a few different things. Um, have some great folks on my committees and my team um, working with promotion and different aspects of the alumni band. Absolutely. And so I'm guessing both of you guys were in the band uh, at some point in time yourself being a part of the alumni band. So when were you guys kind of part of that uh, in your Mountaineer history? I was there until 88. And um, so I got to see the 88 season with Major. So that was yeah, my that's, last so year. That's a really exciting season to be a part of. Yeah. So that was my um, final year. And then I just came back um, and was helping after that year and then became involved in the alumni band. Um, and from then on, we've been here. <laughs> we've been helping. Yeah. yeah, still putting in the work behind the scenes. I say it's very admirable. Exactly. So. And you, Sarah, when were you there? What was your experience? Yeah, I marched from uh, the 90 through 95 seasons. So uh, I was there for um, some of our our bigger uh, wins during the early 90s. But, um, yeah, uh, enjoyed all of my time with the Pride of West Virginia and uh, wanted to continue that. And so the next step was, was to move over to uh, join the alumni band. Very nice. And say, and I'm gonna ask, uh, what instruments did you guys play? I played um, clarinet. Mm -hmm. I played the tenor saxophone. Very nice. Yeah, I have deep love in my soul for tenor saxophone. Back in high school, I played alto, so I was an alto guy. Um, I didn't really get to do marching band in high school, but I still kept up with concert band. Was always a big band guy. Um, and so I was really excited to have you guys on here because it really touched my heart when you guys reached out to me. Um, so again, thank you all for coming on. I'm very excited to have you on here. Um, so why don't you guys go ahead and tell me a little bit more about what you guys are doing with the WVU Alumni Band Association. Um, like I said, I'm the um, chairperson for the fundraising and events. And um, my biggest dream has always been to make sure that the pride has what they need. So we started out with the adventure of the practice field. And yeah. we're still working on that, the practice field, because... Um, we as members can tell you that our knees are screaming when yeah. you park when you're on that parking lot. So that's one of our biggest goals um, was to help them with the practice field. And then we uh, went around and we talked to some other alumni bands, and we realized that they were giving their um, kids stipends throughout the year, and we yeah. weren't. Um, they were giving them big scholarships as they came in, and we weren't. So that was my biggest thing is like, you know what? Let's get out there. Let's be alumni. And then when this NIL stuff started coming up, I was like, hold on. If the athletics can do it, and we work just as hard, and we do, if everybody knew our schedule, there are days that we probably didn't see our families from August until December just like the yeah. athletes, but probably worse because of the fact that um, we would leave some Fridays and go to a high school and do their pregame show and then get on the bus and go to another high school and do um, their halftime show, um, go to bed. And sometimes it was at visiting homes, like people would take a band member and then you would get up the next morning, get on the bus and be scattered everywhere as little pet bands for the games. And this is away games for the pet bands everywhere. You'd come back in. Um, you would do, of course, pregame, halftime, be playing the entire game. Um, at the end of the game, you'd play a concert and then you would leave and possibly go to another high school that evening to put on a show. So sometimes we didn't get home till Sundays. Well, everybody else could have, like, the team, whatever, fly home. Um, and we were still being, we were bused everywhere. Because um, then we would get 
up Sunday, come home. But remember, we still had class on Monday. So you're doing homework and everything on the buses. So the more we thought about it, the more we were like, we're going to be there for um, our kids because we know the background. We know what they're going through. So now um, we're out there, we're pushing, we're getting money so we can help them with their um, band picnic. We now host that for them. Um, they have a band banquet. Uh, to, we have things to honor the seniors. So we're trying to get really involved with them. Uh, we just recently did a um, performance for the American Heart Association, and we had invited them to come along with us. And people will start seeing us more um, intertwined with them. Um, we are doing the TBT uh, basketball tournament where we do take a pep band, and we're going to bring them with us. So we're trying to um, start interacting because we've learned from the other bands, especially in the Big 12. It is a huge thing. And, you know, we're still kind of new in the Big 12 when you've had the ones that have been around forever. Yeah, and, absolutely. you know, they have all these traditions with their, their bands and things that we learned that their alumni bands do with them. And we just kind of want to catch up. We want our kids to have those things, too. So this Absolutely. is what we are setting out to do. Yeah, those are very admirable goals. I also see that we have Mr. John that's not joined in on us. So I'm going to go ahead and bring you in here as well, John. Yeah. Uh, there he is. Thank you for joining us. How's no it problem. going, sir? Thank, thank, no problem. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Bradley, so we haven't got to actually meet yet. So very nice to meet you, sir. Thank you for coming on. Um, I already had Angelia and Sarah kind of tell me, you know, um, their experience a little bit, what instrument they played, the years that they were kind of in Mountaineer Nation, and kind of your position now with the alumni band organization. So feel free to introduce yourself. All right. Uh, name's John Sinsel. I'm the president of the WVU alumni band. Uh, I marched actually with Sarah uh, years of 1989 to 90, the 94 Sugar Bowl. So uh, I, I did five years in a band myself, played trumpet. Yeah, the trumpet man. Mm-hmm. Um, They've only got to go to a couple bowl games, but, uh, you know, it is what it is back in those days. Yeah, it's definitely more than what we've been going to recently. <laughs> uh, right. For sure. Uh, well, thank you for coming on, Stan. I really appreciate us telling them. I appreciate you guys coming on um, and getting to talk to us. Um, and I know, Angela, you mentioned, I, I always remember driving past the Coliseum and just seeing the band up there marching on that parking lot and just being like, oh. Mm-hmm. That has to be miserable. <laughs> like that, that has to be no fun whatsoever. And, you know, I was very thankful that I wasn't in those shoes. But a lot of people kind of don't realize the kind of uh, dedication and time and effort that it takes to be a part of that band. And as we always say, the pride, and there's a lot of pride in that. And so it's super great to see, you know, people taking that step for an un- under-recognized portion of Mountaineer Nation. Um so what else do you guys got going on? I say I know you did talk about a few fundraisers and some of the stuff you guys have in the books. What do you guys have planned so far this year? Coming up, we're doing a big um, fun drive with a company um, that will be sending out um, a big wave of emails where you can click on how much you would like to donate. And what the um, purpose is, if, if I send you an email, I want you to send it to 10 friends and so on and so on. And um, our goal with that is um, right now is $10,000. But the company that runs it said that if we set it out there, uh, that we could raise almost up to $40,000, which would be great because it would take care of the band for the year and some other things. Um, We are also, like I said, um, TBT and that um, we have an elimination dinner coming up on um, August 4th. And we're calling it our 220 elimination dinner. And if people don't know, that's what we call the run on because that's how many beats are happening as we're running out there. And we're not, well, we don't do that anymore. If you watch the alumni band, we try not to do that 220 anymore. Um, So there'll there'll be 220 tickets and they'll be like at $50 a piece and we want to sell them all. And we'll also be having a live auction um, online with live source that the university um, a lot of people should be familiar with <clears throat> and you would go on and um, you could bid on items 
uh, we have autographed pictures from Gabe, um, an autographed um, picture of Coach Huggins in his Hall of Fame jacket. Uh, we have basketballs, um, autographed basketballs, autographed helmet from Coach Brown. So we have all those things out there. So it's not just band oriented. We have different band items that will be in there, but we also um, are for the public. A lot of people think that when we're having these fundraisers that we're just asking our members, our alumni band members, but we want the whole community and the public. We, we're trying to get sponsors to help um, us with the funding. Um, corporations, I'm thinking, look, if um, Toothman Forge, you don't have to give us the car like you give the athletes but you can give us the money from the cars so um those are just the different things we looked at panhandle we're like okay you guys um our little athletes they may not you may not consider them athletes but they are athletes um need just as much going on in their college years as um your athletes and they don't stop like a lot of them like some of the athletes, they are football players. Okay, football season's over. And yes, they do the weight room and everything. But a lot of the bammers, we, we go on into basketball season. We've got pep bands. Um, we've got different types of concerts going on. So, um, and the kids really need it year round. We don't stop at different seasons. They are there year round. So those are two of the big things that we're doing in July and August. You'll see the, the two big fundraisers. Um, so we want everybody to know they'll be out there. We're going to put it on Facebook. We've, we're going to, they have a Twitter link. They have all these different links and that's Sarah's job. So Sarah can tell you what all she's going to do to um, put that out there. That's her committee. Um, that committee is like awesome. They're the ones that are out there. We give it to them and they're out there screaming. This is what we need help. You know, so every time Sarah probably sees us coming, she's like, uh, uh, so we're constantly emailing her stuff. So Sarah could tell you the works behind that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so and you had mentioned some of these uh, groups and organizations that have been working uh, very integrally with Mountaineer Nation. And, you know, it may not be a car or something like that, but the outreach is massive. You know, being able to get that word out there is almost, you know, just as important, you know, being able to reach Mountaineer Nation because, you know, I remember the WVU marching band coming down to Princeton Senior High School and getting out on the field uh, on their way to a bowl game and just putting on a performance and what that meant for our community. And, you know, I came from a high school that had a very rich band tradition and it meant a lot to those kids. And I know a lot of them went on to become band members. Um, so, you know, getting the word out there is just as important. So it sounds like that's your job, Sarah, right? It's like, that's kind of what you're tackling, right? Making sure that word gets out there. Is I get that correct? Yeah, that's, that's, that's really the, the basis of our communications team is working to make sure that uh, folks you know, know what's going on with the alumni band. And we do try to promote uh, different aspects of the pride and different things that they might be doing throughout the season as well. But our main focus is certainly to focus on promotion and events that are going on with the alumni band. Um, our website is our, is our main uh, focus. Uh, and that website address is www.wvualumniband.org. Um, that page will always have information about anything that we have going on, whether it's member specific or uh, open even to the general public, like our upcoming uh, elimination dinner will be open to the public. Tickets can be purchased from that website as well um, as links to the live source auction that Angelia spoke about. We will have different uh, items posted going into that uh, elimination dinner. So even if you can't attend the dinner in, you know, in, in person that night, you would still be able to join in and, uh, you know, make some bids on some great auction items that night. We also uh, focus on making sure that, you know, social media wise, we're also making some tweaks there. Uh, this is a, a newer committee for us this year uh, with this communications team. And so we're venturing out into other areas of social media past Facebook and, and Twitter. Uh, but for now, those are the two main uh, social media that we that we focus on. 
but for this elimination dinner that's coming up, we are going to be doing more publication, I think, radio, uh, podcasts, and video casts like this one, as well as uh, just some local publication there in Morgantown. We met today and went over some some different things that we have planned for that. But we're really excited and, and we're hoping to uh, start to kick off some some great fundraising efforts for the Pride of West Virginia. Absolutely. And let me get that right. You said uh, a good way to reach you or look at the um, the face of the alumni band would be www.wvualumniband.org. Is that what that was? Yes, correct. Absolutely. So I got a little, little banner here. I'm going to try to pop that up. So if anybody can like, see it, there it is, you know, <laughs> um, great way to reach out to you. And I was saying being a person that's out there in the social media world, trying to grow our podcast here at the Country Rose webcast, those social medias are really important. The Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagram, for us, it's YouTube has really been helping us out. So um, I really, really love being able to get down here and help you guys out. I'm sure we'll get some of the pride looking at us too today. So, you know, benefits all the way around. Uh, definitely love seeing that. So Mr. John is the president of the WVU Alumni Band Organization. I know that that probably takes on a lot of weight in making sure that you guys are uh, growing your impact around the state and the things that you guys have got going on and in the program. Um, how do you imagine the impact of the organization right now that you preside over? Well, to be honest with you, we've this fundraising thing is kind of new to all of us. We've, we only started doing this, what, the past couple of years? And it was like, well, wait a minute, everybody else is, we, there's other alumni bands in the country that are they're doing this. So we're like, well, wait a minute, we can do this too. So we said, well, wait a minute, how can we help the pride of West Virginia? So we get a hold of a band office saying, hey, what, how can we help you guys? You guys can help us, you know, so we can intertwine and, and work together. And they've, and they've been nice enough to work with us and try and say, hey, here's what we got going on. Here's how you can help us. And here's, a, you know, we can help you. And it, it's, it's been a very good uh, relationship. Um, I will say that hopefully the impact here soon is that we're going to get our word out there a lot more. We're going to get more people interested in, in what we're doing and hopefully a lot more money coming in. Because I'll be honest with you, you're talking about the, the practice field, the concrete parking lot. Yeah, we'd like to stop uh, the band practicing on that as soon as we can. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm sure that's, you know, a big goal in your guys' mind. And you guys would be a great uh, organization to help kind of pitch into that. And I would say also an important part for you is getting more um, interaction from the alumni band members themselves. You know, you guys have now got your organization. And if somebody was a previous band member and they wanted to pitch in and give a hand, help volunteer, how could they get a hold of you guys in that way? What What is your guys' meetings like? Is it once a month, once quarterly? Um, what does that kind of look like? Well, we have uh, membership meetings are uh, every other month. And then we have a our annual meeting at homecoming when, when, most, mm -hmm. of the, when most of the members do show up. Um, and usually I say, Sarah, correct me if I'm wrong. We usually get around what, 300 to 400 people every year, something like that. Yeah. Our membership this year is already, uh, approaching 400. So I expect it to go up at least another hundred, 150 people before homecoming, because usually that's the biggest push is right before homecoming with our membership. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a, just a giant pool of people that could, you know, really help out with these fundraisers and pitch in and say, you know, help give back to the, the, the memories that they built in that program. So. Yeah. And, and that's what we're trying to build now is, is get the people to show up. Cause uh, as, as Angie and uh, Sarah can attest to, we've had, we've had, we've had a few issues trying to get people to get involved with this organization. Um, and, and now that we've had a changeover of, of administration, I'll say, I'm hoping that we can get more people involved we can get more people to be on these committees and help, especially those two late young ladies out to get, uh, get, to get more things done. I mean, there's a lot of things can be done here. And, and we know the Mountaineer people were very hardworking people, very prideful people. And we, and we just need to, we need the help to get things done. So I, you know, I'm imploring everybody out there on this podcast. You're an alumni, you know, you marched in a band at, at any point in your career at WVU, come help us. We would love the assistance. We'd love the help. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really relate to that because, you know, back in my time, um, uh, Sarah had commented on my 4-H shirt that I'm wearing right now um, as part of the West Virginia 4-H uh, club uh, at Morgantown when I was uh, at WVU. And getting people to meetings is almost like pulling teeth. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just getting them in there, getting them involved in those committees. But the impact is immeasurable. I mean, it really is big. The more people you have involved, 
um, things like that really, really goes a long way. So yeah, definitely if people can help out, if you're a former band member, you know, these, these guys can definitely use a couple extra hands. I'm sure a couple extra brains on top of that too. Um, right now as your guys group, what do you feel like are some of your biggest needs going forward or maybe even some of the biggest challenges you guys see, um, approaching the year coming up? That's, you know, I'm, I'm sure this is starting to get a little bit more busy for band members. The alumni band season's about to start. What do you guys feel like are some of the challenges you guys are trying to address right now? I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll, I'll go first and I'll let the, the ladies go. Um, honestly, honestly, with us, it's, it's getting the exposure, get, getting the word out there to people of what we're doing, you know, and, and that and that's, you know, and Sarah's got this communications group that's really, really helping out to get that going. And, and you know, with Andrew, the fundraising, I mean, you, you know, things like your podcast, you know, social media, you know, Internet, uh, word of mouth even is the best thing. I mean, university community actually is pretty small if you think about it and uh and living here in morgantown and, and angela is this that you know everybody in town but it's hard to get everybody in the same room at the same time to talk turkey you know yeah absolutely do you guys have an option for like an online meeting i'm sure you guys might zoom your meetings or something like that yeah, yeah we do we do our meetings on zoom because we have we have folks from all over so yeah we gotta do the, we gotta do our meetings on zoom and, and of course if a registered member you know, our membership meetings, a registered member can, can uh, sign up for them and we'll make sure that they get the link to it. It's not a big issue. They're welcome to bring any questions they have, welcome to any comments they have. I mean, the floors, the, they always like to keep an open door policy here. You know, no question is too stupid. You know, we we want the members to be involved in what we're doing, mm-hmm. even, even more so than before. So, and, I, and I'm hoping more and more members will join us as they see what the kind of good things that we're doing. Yeah, Absolutely, and, and I think the more exposure we get, and the, you know, we have one good event and a couple good events, and oh, okay, yeah, I'd like to go see what these guys are doing. Let's, you know, let's go do this. You know, we get more and more people to, to join us as we're going along here, hopefully. Absolutely, and so if you kind of get the uh, the practice the practice area a little bit more sorted out, I'm sure the current man band members will be very appreciative of that. Maybe that's some future members as well. So you know, it's compounding impacts. Oh, a- absolutely, and, and it also is going to include storage. I mean. What people don't know, we haven't had the, had this issue. Uh, we did the uh, the heart walk the, the other week. The current band members that join us didn't even know that we even have equipment. We said, "Oh yeah, we have equipment. We can get you guys." You know, you don't have to go talk to the band office and say, "Hey, uh, Doctor Williams, I need I need so I need a baritone to play or I need a tuba to play." We have equipment. They just have to ask us. You know? yeah. yeah, that's so, something I'm sure a lot of people don't know. So that's definitely good to get out there. Right. I mean, and, 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 I, and I laugh when I say that we have a 10 by 10 storage shed here in Morgantown. It's packed. It's full. <laughs> and we're hoping that this new facility will get us a much bigger space so we can put our stuff in there with the regular band stuff. And we don't have to worry about, you know, try, trying to go past the tuba to get to, to a drum or something else in the storage shed. Absolutely. It, it, I, I'm, not, I'm not 30 years old anymore. I can't go climbing <laughs> around things. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely would probably make life a little bit easier for a multitude of people. Exactly. Exactly. And everything, and everything would be climate controlled, so you wouldn't have the instruments going bad or anything like that either, which is which is really a nice thing. Yeah, especially so, when you already have that luxury of having uh, instruments for people to use and stuff. You want to be able to take care of those things properly so it's not going to waste, you know? Exactly. And so that kind of stuff is just very important. Exactly. And I and I said, uh, I, I, I know that, you know, a lot, a lot of people ask the question, well, why hasn't any ground be broken on it yet? Well, university issues, we, we can't get involved in those tip, you know, their internal university issues, yeah. they are what they are. But mm-hmm. we're, we're certainly trying to push to, to at least get some ground, ground broken so we can get their, the field put in place. At least get that part put in place. Then we can work on the facility itself, you know. Absolutely. I say it's just one of those things where, you know, it takes a few small steps to get the ball rolling, but, you know. Let's take this first small steps first, you know. Right, yeah. I mean, it's the, the project's going to be done in phases anyway, but I think we've raised enough to do the first phase. And now now, now we're starting to raise money for the second phase. We're starting to raise money for scholarships for the band because that's what people don't understand, too, is that none of these band kids have any scholarship. Go to Ohio State. Every one of those kids has a full ride to Ohio State to go play in that band. Texas gives scholarships to the folks. Most of the bigger schools that we play, they give scholarships to the kids to go play in a band. And West Virginia has never done that. So it's time for us to get on yeah. board and start doing this. 
Yeah, we definitely need progress in that area of the world. So if other people are doing it, we should be able to do it too, especially when you kind of look at the NIL deals and impacts that we're having with our athletic world. You know, we can't sit back and say that that's not a possibility also for our band world, you know, the, the pride of Mountaineers that also go around the state performing for people in the state and do a lot of a lot of good for our communities around the state in general, you know. So definitely something that shouldn't be shied away from is those kind of questions. Yeah, exactly. And and actually, I, I went to a conference in Cincinnati, the um, National uh, National Alumni Band Association. There actually is a National Alumni Band Association that the folks belong to. And a lot of these other universities, much bigger universities in West Virginia, are having the same issue. They're trying to say, wait a minute, how can I get the band kids to start making some money off this NIL thing? Dude, if the athletes can do it, why can't we? And, and, and they're working through issues, too. We're all kind of working together to solve a similar issue everywhere. So, so people just don't understand. It's not just West Virginia dealing with these issues; it's everybody else too. So, yeah. you know, places like Georgia, and Texas, and Michigan State, and other folks, you know, they're they're trying to get money for their band kids too, the same way we're trying to get it for ours. And ho- and hopefully, as we get more ideas to come together, we can we can all say, well, yeah, this worked for us; it might work for you guys. So, we'll see. Yeah, it's great to have that kind of community there. It really does feel that way uh, in the band world, that it is just a bit of a community. I mean, it is a, it is a very, very tight-knit community. People, 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 you know, you talk about the university community being tight-knit. So is the band community as well. I mean, you know, I went to this conference. Everybody knows everybody. In fact, I ran into people that we marched with that I haven't seen in 30 years. You know, and I'm sitting there going, oh, yeah. hey, you been? You know, and they're like, yeah, yeah, what's going on? Well, I'm down in South Carolina doing this. Or I'm over at Auburn doing this. And, oh, okay, that's cool. And, you know, it's good to get back and see these people and, and, and see what ideas they have and see how they're doing things and hopefully make it better for, for WVU as well. Nice. Yeah, wonderful. Um, so to just kind of get on a nice, lighter, happier note, I say not that this hasn't been exciting and fun. But I want to know some of your guys. Um, what, what was some of your guys' favorite shows? What, what, what was kind of like your your favorite year that you like, Oh man, that year was just like my my best year in band. Um, and I give it up to you know Sarah. Let's hear from you. What what was your favorite year? Your favorite show and kind of um, your, your most prideful moment as a Mountaineer band member. Oh my goodness, we had uh, so many different shows that I if I had to just pick one, I'd. I'd feel bad <laughs> just picking one. But They're all I, I great. Think, it's not putting yeah. other ones down. Yeah, I mean, and certainly there's pieces of, of shows, you know, maybe a, a particular a song, maybe even over some others in a show sometimes that are personal or, or memorable. But uh, we did some really great shows with uh, John Williams uh, as the theme, John Williams, uh, his music. And uh, we really had uh, a great time uh, playing those tunes and, and the crowds always seem to respond to those, you know, really well. Um, so I, I would say uh, anything with, with a John Williams theme was always, <laughs> yeah. was always a good time. Yeah. Right. So how about you, Angelia? What, what, what was yours that you feel like really stands out in your memory to you when you look back on your time as a mountaineer? Um, probably my favorite thing is, and I, I get really upset whenever I look over at the student section is that, you knew the game was going to start because when we came, we're up on the law school hill. That is like one of the biggest things. We're up on law school hill. And as you turn that corner, all the students saw you and they were packed. That's why I'm like, students, get back in there for pregame. And it was packed. And they would be screaming their heads off because they saw the band and when, and when we came around that corner and that the noise that hit you every time, just it, it was so overwhelming, like your heart's beating. And I always remember I could not wait to get around that corner. And when we start and we'd come down that road from the law, from law school hill and you just come around the road and just come around and you would see the crowd and they're screaming because they saw us. They saw us on the hillside coming in. And that is such a rush to do. Pre-game is a total rush because by the time you get out there and the fans know simple gifts and when we start going in there, that is a big rush for us. That is so overwhelming. And 
like right now I get so emotional, but it is like, I can't explain pregame. If you don't do it, I, I, I don't know what type of rush it's, uh, it's so, um, overwhelming. And like, even your freshman year, freshman year, your first game is like, it blows you away because you, you run out there and you, the adrenaline is pumping and, um, people are like, well, how do you, um, know where you're supposed to be on the field? Well, we kind of, there, when we were in there, I don't know if there was like little dots on the field and you knew you had to be on the third dot up on the 50 yard line. And that's how all the pictures come together. So that's one of our little secrets, but to run out on the field. And when you heard the drum line go out there and they started the boogie cadence and we're all rocking in the tunnel and you can hear the fans above you in the tunnel and they're jumping up and down and they're stomping their feet. And when you run out there, it, it is an experience that, and simple gifts is probably one of, is probably one of our biggest bonding experiences because now even with um, alumni there, there are times when you see the band go to do simple gifts and you look around and all the alumni, we're all crying because that is a very emotional part of our show. So mm -hmm. that's, that's, I mean, to say that I love the pride, I love <laughs> the pride. So that would probably, that pregame is just, I, I, I can't explain it. Every time you do pregame, it's just, and now when we got the march with them for it, it it's just something that, you know, I don't, I don't know that probably my pregame would probably be my biggest choice in marching down and the hill with them. So that that's probably what I think of all the time. For sure. And that feels that is a true testament of just how powerful this can be for a lot of people. And it is and was and has been for a lot of people. And, you know, it gave me a little bit of chills just sitting here listening to your passion and talk about it because, you know, to be so passionate about something is gorgeous. You know, that's so beautiful to see. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people still feel that same way. And, you know, they, they kind of lost that little bit of a touch. And so I definitely encourage you guys, if you were in the band, definitely get a hold of these guys. Come to the homecoming. Be a part of it because, you know, Mountaineer Nation's always home for you guys. You know, there's always your home in the hills to come back to. And, you know, don't forget those moments that you had and the, the experiences that you had being a part of that. And, you know, help other people have that same experience, you know. Get out there and see the passion, feel the love, and just be a part of that electric atmosphere and, you know, help other people see that. And that's so beautiful. So, I, like I said, gave me chills just listening to you talk about it because made me think about my experiences being on the other side of it up in the stands and, you know, getting to see the band and being one of my favorite parts because my band kid, heart inside of me, is just screaming out, you know, loving it, listening to it. Um, I appreciate you sharing that with me. Uh, John, what about you? What, what, what was your moment? You know, something that you're – the music piece year that you're just like, man, that was my best time as a Mountaineer band member playing your trumpet. I, I, I definitely, I definitely got a moment. 93 Miami game. Oh, that must have been. A moment. <laughs> okay. Got in the simple gift circles. Couldn't hear yourselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could hear your, no one could hear themselves in there. So you're going off, you're, you're, you're going off adrenaline at that point anyway. It was so loud in there that we couldn't hear we couldn't hear the drums in there when they started doing their thing and everybody had to turn around. Mm -hmm. That's how bad that's how loud it was. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, I, I'll I'll definitely second that with John. Coming out of the tunnels, what a lot of people don't realize too is is they um if you've never been in them, they're not flat. You know, you're not coming out of a flat tunnel, you're coming down an incline. <laughs> And um, it's kind of like that. In, in 93, I was the very last person to come out of the press box tunnel. We had so much media there in addition to what was normal. Um, I mean, just the yells coming all the way from the front of the line to the back about all of the cords and all of the press that we're going to have to navigate to get out there. And I just remember like John, so overwhelming with that noise. 
I mean, you, we were in the very back of the tunnel and it just roared coming through there. And he's right. You got into those simple gifts. And, and all I could remember was, is just doing the tut, 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 tut in my head. To hope that I was turning at the right time. Um, yeah, it, that one was definitely probably the loudest game we've ever been in. And then that was the season too, that the band had to sit in the upper deck and uh, that stadium was so packed that when we got up there, we were, I, I mean, just sardines in there. We couldn't even move. I don't even know how we played our instruments. Yeah. 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 I mean, student section is crazy anyway, but imagine <laughs> sitting in there in the middle of that student section that game. Yeah. Yeah. It was not pleasant. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was. I have heard stories about going down to Miami, um, kind of what that was like. So to hear you guys talk about it is definitely reinforcing that notion of uh, how crazy it was um, at those points in times. Um, so at this point, I'll say, uh, kind of get to the end here. I just want to tell everybody, you know, if you get a chance, go check out the website, you know, get involved with these people, reach out, be a part of it. You know, it's still community. We're all still home together. Um, and also, you know, give us here at the Country Rose webcast a like. Subscribe to us down there. Um, leave a comment. Tell us kind of your favorite band memories. If you guys were part of the band, you know, kind of what you remember from it. Um, some of your favorite moments there. I would love to hear those. Um, so as we kind of get to closing out here, guys, you guys have any last words, things you want to bring up, things maybe I didn't mention or ask about, or things that you just kind of want people to know about going forward? I'll just say a quick thank you to um, the WVU community and especially our members who have just really over the last several years uh, opened their their pocketbooks and their wallets for the fundraising that has most certainly been going on, not just by us, but through um, WVU for the new field, uh, the new practice facility um, for us to have already reached that goal of phase one and be well into working on phase two. It, it really is a testament to um, the fans that are supporting this organization, supporting, uh, you know, the creative arts and the things that are going on um, over there in, uh, in the music department. So uh, yes, just a big thank you to everyone who has been supporting all of this and and we hope to bring we hope to bring more people on board to help us uh continue that i'd like to thank um the wvu alumni center they over the past few years they have uh really took us under their wing i'd like to thank kevin barry he's been awesome he has helped us with a lot of things to get the word out uh he and meredith um they are there when we say, hey, how do we do this? How do we do that? Um, they've been really pushing for us because if we can get the word out all over the nation, because there's, you know, alumni band members who don't hear from us that are way out there that could be in California. But the Alumni Center has like really opened their doors. They have helped us with so many things and they've helped us rebrand ourselves, um, new new branding of uh, WVU alumni band. Um, we've gone to um, people like um, Nikki Goodnow uh, for the trademark licensing. So we've, WVU has been so helpful. So really we love, thank you West Virginia University for being there for us and especially the alumni center. Like I said, Kevin and Meredith have been right there and anything that we need also, like Sheldon, um, Dr. Williams, and Scott Tobias in the band office, they've been there. So we're all starting to just come together uh, for one purpose. And, you know, there's so many people out there that have been helping us a lot and working with us. Not only like our alumni, like I said, are the communities even trying to pull in and help us. And thank you for allowing us to come on to your podcast um, because I, I called John and I said, and Sarah and I said, guys, I'm just going to start calling and asking people on their podcast. I'm just going to start messaging people because we need to get the word out there. So thank you from, so much for getting back with us and allowing us to be a part of your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I really appreciate you guys coming on uh, because like, I know that it's an underrepresented community. And I think that we do have a pretty healthy 
uh, Mountaineer Podcast Network going on. So I'm sure other guys would love to have you all on as well. But I'm very glad to have gotten you on here personally myself and been able to talk to you. Um, John, how about you? Anything last words you had to say to anybody listening? Um, just one last word. I'll, I'll second what Sarah and Ann just said about thanking everybody in the WV community. Um, you know, now, hopefully more of them in the future. Um, thank, I thank everybody. I you know, thank people like you for letting us come on the air. I mean, you know, we, 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 we're thankful that we, we have outlets now that, you know, people, people have these podcasts like yourself to do these things. And hopefully we'll get, get the word out there with everybody. Say, Hey, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're trying to do. So please join us. You know, there's any way we can make your experience better. Let us know too, you know? Um, and, and other things too is that we have a lot of events coming up here this summer. Uh, we got TBT coming up. We've got actually got an exhibition game in Fairmont in a couple in a week after next. Um, we got the uh, event down in Buchanan we're doing. Um, so please, you know, if you want to join us this summer? Any of you guys are listening to this? You, we're here. So sign up and go on down and have a good time with us. Absolutely. I was saying, uh, we're very thankful to have such impassionate leaders in this situation and this organization with the alumni band. I know that it's in great hands. It sounds like you guys have wonderful things planned out ahead of you. There's really great things in the website, guys. Just if you can, go check them out at their website, wvdualumniband.org. You can also find them on Facebook and Twitter to keep up with these updates and stuff like that, just keep up with the fundraisers. And just give any way you guys can, you know, whether it's monetarily, sharing of sharing the website is way more important than you think it is. Likes, comments, just getting that um, that, that kind of interaction with the fans and the band members themselves getting that word out. But yes, it's so important. So definitely be on the lookout for all their stuff coming up. And I really appreciate you guys coming on and giving me some of your time. And um, it's really been enlightening and really refreshing to hear you guys talk and really get that side covered. Um, so that's going to do it for us here at the Country Roads webcast. I say I appreciate everybody looking in. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment. Um, and as always, Let's go. If you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those...